Hello and welcome to the Tillage Age with me, Michael Hennessy. This is your regular update for all your tillage news and advice. There is a sustained drive by the EU and national government to convert more farms to organic production and grow this market. Ireland still has a relatively small organic sector and the number of tillage farmers within this is smaller again. As the majority of organic farmers tend to be beef and dairy farmers, all of these producers require organic concentrate, which generally are purchased off farm. Logically, it makes sense for this feed to come from Ireland. There are obvious synergies between livestock and tillage farming around nutrient recycling, and some farmers certainly practice this type of system. However, running a stockless tillage farm is more challenging. So today I'm joined by Martin Burke, a specialist tillage organic advisor, to chat through some of the pros and cons of converting to an organic tillage farm. Martin, I first want to chat around the direction of travel the EU is taking in terms of the amount of organic land it wants to convert. And also, how many organic tillage farmers are in Ireland at the moment? I suppose we've all heard about this EU Green Deal and the farm to fork strategy. So there's been an ambitious target set there by by the EU that we would have 25% of the land in the EU organic by 2030. And I suppose Ireland at the moment is only at about 2%. But uh, we have a target set to get that up to 7.5% by 2027. So that's kind of where we're heading. And uh, there's ambitious targets set, but there's also, I suppose, uh, a lot of money. There's 256 million euro now has been put into the organic fund from the Department of Agriculture to, to, to fund the increase in this area over the next number of years. Uh, in terms of number of organic growers then at the minute, uh, back in 2019, I have figures of 134 cereal growers, but we know that has climbed by about 25 or 30 since then. So there's roughly, I would say, 180 cereal growers. But we are anticipating an awful lot more coming in now in the next few tranches of the organic farming scheme. Okay, well, you mentioned a fairly enormous sum there. There seems to be a million euros for every day of the year there, is there? 202, no, 256, rather than 356 million. There's a big pot of money there, basically. So you say the government is going to announce a new scheme um, and obviously there's payment rates associated with that. So Martin, you might just give us a little bit of detail about how this scheme is going to work. Okay, so look, it's a five-year scheme and the there's different rates of payment depending on how many years you are into the scheme. So in the first two years, if you're a tillage farmer, you will get 320 euros a hectare. Uh, for every hectare of tillage crops in the scheme up to 70 hectares, okay? And above that, then you would get 60 euros a hectare. And then in year three to five, when you're fully organic, because it takes two years to achieve organic status, to be fully certified and to be able to sell your produce organically. So when you're, I suppose, making the the, the, the big bucks for your, for your produce and you're getting the nice premium, that's when the payments come back by 50 euros a hectare to 270 euros a hectare. Now, what the department have also done is they've introduced a very nice participation payment to take part in the first place. And you'll get €2,000 upfront in the first year and 1400 per annum each year after that. Now, what does that mean? I'll just take a 100-acre grower, 40 hectares. That would approximately bring in just shy of €15,000 in the first year. So that's quite a lot of money uh, to come into the, the farm gate. Wow, that puts, a, puts quite a bit of... Um... Uh, I suppose bump, bumpers around the system in terms of in terms of making that conversion, um, and I, I suppose Jesus just straight off, I, I would almost think that a, a grower of hundred acres would be kind of looking at fifteen thousand, be kind of saying that's almost nearly nearly the same amount of money and going to cost me in fertilizers for this year. So, 
is the do you think that people are going to be looking at it in that sense that there's huge outgoings and huge risk, I suppose, in a conventional tillage sense now? Do you think that's going to change people's minds to get into organics? Well, I, I certainly think so. I was talking to one grower the other day and he just said it was a very sobering thought. It had just dawned on him that he was going to, if he wanted to buy his fertilizer, the gun was, I suppose, effectively to his head. He was going to have to fork out 100,000 euro to make a decision. Was he going to fork it out? Which you wouldn't normally have to at this time of the year to spend on an investment. And he hasn't even planted the seeds yet. And it was just, it sent a shudder down his spine, he told me. And I think you will have seen recently at the uh, National Grain Forum that, you know, the mood and sentiment among the farming audience, uh, they're very concerned over the high fertilizer prices, over availability. Will it be there in the spring when they go get it? Go look for it. So I suppose it is making the, the, the thought process focus very much towards can we go with either low input, input or can we even go down the organic farming route? And I'd say... Once the dust settles, which it has on this year's harvest, I suppose, unfortunately, guys go straight into getting autumn crops in the ground. But when they finally have time for reflection and do their sums, I think they very well will be surprised by what's available uh, by going uh, tillage organic. And in terms then, Martin, in, uh, of, the, of the comparisons, I suppose, between organic and uh, conventional in terms of you know margins, I suppose, and that's ultimately what it comes down to. If people aren't doing it for the good of their health, they have to make a living. Yeah. How do they stack up in terms of that financial comparison? Okay, well, look, if we take, for example, at the grain farm, actually, I think it was Kieran Collins, he presented some um, average five-year yield results over the last five years of the various different crops. So what I took was the uh, average spring oat yield was uh, 7.2 tonnes per hectare, which is a 2.9 tonne per acre crop. So if we keep it in acres. Now, Believe it or not, using the Chagas figures on the cost and returns, the gross margin for a 2.9 tonne per acre yield would be 292 euros an acre. So just shy of 300, okay? Now, if we take uh, an organic grown crop of spring oats and we say a yield of 1.8 tonne per acre, there would be growers getting anywhere from one and a half or 1.6 tonnes to 2.1 or 2 tonnes grown organically. So I've, I've been conservative enough so if we take 1.8 tonnes per acre and we factor in the premium uh, that's available for organic oats this year, which is in or around 420 euros a tonne, and we do the very same comparison and we take away the, uh, the costs, which are considerably cheaper. Obviously, we don't have the fertiliser and the sprays. We actually end up with a gross margin almost 300 euros an acre higher. The gross margin would be 575 euros an acre as opposed to 292 in the conventional. So like that's that's quite a difference there, Michael. And that doesn't include any organic payments through any organic farming scheme. That's exactly what I was going to ask you. So there's no there's no uh, payments either side, um, because obviously the not only is your organic um, scheme money coming, but the entitlements are on top of that again, which is which is something else. Yeah, just just to add to that, if you were to work that out for your hundred acre farmer, that's thirty thousand more gross margin, plus it's 15,000 if you wanted to add on the scheme. That's 45,000 euros an acre better off. But obviously it's never quite as simple as that though, Martin, I don't think. Yeah. Um, from, from the point of view of, you said 420 euros a tonne for the organic oats. Is that for yeah. feed or for food? And if it's for food, can everybody get that? Okay, so that, that's a contract with Flahavans, right? And at the, okay, at the moment, the contracts with Flahavans are full. 
Um, there, we might discuss markets maybe in a, in a few moments. But um, what I would say is even if I did the figures there and let's just say that farmer was forced to sell it with no premium and we'll say was forced to sell it at the same price that I did in the analysis there, that it'd be 280 euros a ton, the har- this year's harvest price, we'll say, for non-contract oats, okay? You would still end up with a margin of 323 euros an acre. So that's still about 30 euros an acre ahead. So that just shows you where things are at in terms of the, the, the situation we're in because of, I suppose, the, the fertilizer. But obviously then, sorry, the last one, and not to keep poking holes in it, because this, I suppose yeah. if I was a farmer, I'd be kind of thinking, ah, yes, but, and ah, yes, but. And yeah. it probably is the last I was I was it. one of those not too long ago, Michael. <laughs> well, and there you go. I'm poking yeah. it here now. So to poke yeah. it a little bit further, going, you can't grow organic oats every year on every acre. There has to be a degree of a rotation. And yeah. just in terms of when you're working it out, can a farmer work out the rotation so that he can maintain the income of every acre? Or does some of that land end up in kind of a building phase so we can get an organic mm. oats from, from everything how, how does that work do you think or where, where will it end up yeah well this is kind of the idea of i suppose of the in conversion payment being being that bit higher okay so it's to, and it's to cover initial costs as well of you know paying certification bodies and so on but i did a quick analysis there okay so and i just had a look at what some i talked to a couple of farmers and the rotations and i suppose these are rotations i might see some tillage farmers who might consider taking the the plunge into organics this autumn might consider so a couple of growers i know of went ahead and joined the organic scheme there in april and they went ahead and they sowed in a combination crop a combi crop and that would be a mixture of peas and barley on uh, and peas and oats say it depends so but if I, these are real figures now from one particular farmer and the costs I asked, like the most expensive cost was the seed. OK, but when you when you take into account his, his gross margin, he, he and he found it difficult enough. He really had to be proactive in selling it himself. Right. So he got about three fifteen a ton for his produce and he got just two tons to the acre. Now, so that's about six hundred and thirty euros an acre of an income stream. And then when he took out his costs, he was still left with a, a gross margin of 349 euros an acre, Michael. So that's still ahead of our 292 of, of uh, commercial, say, conventional oats. Now, that's year one of the rotation. What do you do in year two? He can grow a conventional crop of spring oats. And as I mentioned, he'll get his 323 at conventional price, 323 an acre. Then he'll be in year three. So he's fully organic and now he can start selling his oats and there are markets there if he doesn't sell if he can get the premium for example whites and armagh are looking for eight or nine thousand ton of oats his margin then will be back up at 575 an acre okay then you go back to your fertility building crop back to maybe 340 and then back up again to your 575 so the figures i think do stack up over the five or six years of the rotation so i i it, and I suppose one of the things about any rotation is there has to be a degree of flexibility in it, whether you're a conventional or an organic grower. And the best farmers I know of all are tillage farmers for, you know, adjusting and making tweaks to their, to their uh, rotation. So I do think it's, it's very, very doable. I suppose the, the, the worrying part, we might just flick back into, in, into the markets for a second. And if I was mm. a tillage, if I was an organic, a tillage farmer looking at the organics, they'd be kind of saying, Martin's after telling me now there's a whole heap of people are going to jump into this. Is that market going to get flooded? Because if we remember only last year when it opened to tillage farmers, the Flavins who were looking for uh, oats for a long time um, closed up very quickly. That was kind of done within a few months and, and, and they're now kind of full. Where are markets? And you also did mention 
and that the firm that firm you talked about a second ago had to market his stuff quite hard in order to get that premium. Where does it all where does it all sit uh, for somebody who's going to convert? Okay, well, look, there are there's a number of central buyers, obviously. Okay, so we have Irish Organic Feeds and Kinsale, Red Mills there in Kilkenny, uh, Murrins in Longford, and there's lots of smaller operators that are only too happy to to, to buy organic produced feed because one of the things about those targets I've mentioned is, you know, we're aiming to be up at seven and a half percent organic by 2027. That'll actually bring 340,000 hectares of land into the system. Okay. And in terms of number of farmers, God knows, but like the amount of extra livestock producers that are going to be depending on organic feed in their system. And rather than paying at the, at the moment, it's currently about a thousand euros a ton to import organic feed. Okay, the organic poultry sector is paying about 1,200 euro a ton for organic feed to be imported. If we could replace an awful lot of that imports with Irish grown produce ourselves that we can grow and maybe supply it for less money than that, obviously. So it's a win-win for the Irish grower. They're still getting a very good premium and it's a win-win for the end user. That's just one example of where markets are going. Okay. Um, you know, if we if we take, for example, um, there's about 160, believe it or not, micro bakeries in the country at the minute. And a lot of those small bakeries are going looking for organic sources of ingredient and flour. So there's I, I get back to what you're saying. There is a lot of to proactiveness required by the farmer themselves to source these markets. Maybe that's something we could look at as well in helping, you know, Chagas could look at his more farm to farm linkages how we can encourage it and make that grow and develop, you know, but certainly there's huge potential, Michael. And I suppose we're, we're, we can be creatures of habit. The Irish psyche could be this little fear of resistance to change and to make our, to convince ourselves it's not worthwhile. I think we need to change our mindset and, and, and go for it. So Martin, that all sounds very convincing. There seems to be lots of markets there. There seems to be money in the system. That all sounds brilliant. It's not without these challenges, though, in terms of, you know, you're getting rid of fertilizers, you're getting rid of weed control. Um, you visit some of these farms over the last little while. I mean, what sort of real challenges are they coming up against? Well, look, I suppose I, 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 one of the things I remember doing before I actually went for an interview for the job I got was I asked uh, about five different growers, what do you associate the word organic tillage with? And of course, the one word that came back was weeds and the other one was dirt. And this is, I suppose, the challenge is weeds and weed control, I would say, is one of the initial challenges, okay? But I think you're going to have to change the mindset first. So if you want to look at perfectly pristine crops with not a weed in sight, organic farming is not for you in the first place. You have to have a certain mindset. So it comes down to then, you know, putting up with some weeds, but obviously from, from a, a management point of view, you will do everything in your power to, you know, to reduce the weed burden on crops because you want to make it profitable and you want to grow a successful crop as you can, whether you're organic or conventional. But, I, uh, you know, so look, weeds is one challenge, but there are ways around it. There's a lot of machinery there now capable of doing, you know, inter-row hoeing and so on and, you know, and increased seed rates. So, you know, I would say if anyone's placed to get around this, it's the tillage technical you know the technical tillage grower they're so well equipped and they're so you know they've got the skill set to do it so you will think of innovative ways uh, of of beating the system without having to resort to chemistry and i suppose the other one then is getting nitrogen into the system will be a challenge some of us are lucky enough uh, some growers that we have a ready uh, made source of organic manures maybe on our doorstep 
Uh, if you're up close to, you know, Monaghan Cavan, you could be near to the poultry manure supplies. Uh, but don't forget for organic growing, if you actually, if you're using poultry manure, it has to be from a non, it has to be kind of a, what would you say, non-indoor uh, bird. So it has to be free range units or organic units is, is the only type of poultry manure right. you can use, which can use any farmyard manure from straw, you know, straw bed uh, farmyard manure from any farmer and you can use cattle, sorry. So it is, you may well have to go look outside the farmyard gate, obviously, to try and get sources of nitrogen in the system via manures. Uh, not all of us are lucky enough, but if you are, if you're located relatively close to one of the dairy processing facilities, dairy processing sludge is actually an excellent source of phosphorus and, and a nice bit of nitrogen too. So uh, that's one of the challenges, though, will be getting the nitrogen and, and, and I suppose, uh, maintaining fertility into the system because it's all well and good you know, harvesting crops, but if you're not putting enough organic manure back in to meet the offtakes, you could run into trouble. So just like just like a conventional system, you have to match your offtakes. Sure. So just in terms of, um, you know, is it all duck and no dinner in, in the sense of does a, does a grower have to go 100% into it or is there any way that maybe some of our larger tillage growers can partially convert some of their land or partially convert some of their, some of their holding, I suppose, but have some of it organic and have some of it conventional and still farm away. Can, can that happen? Yes, this is one of the great things is that, so I would have a, a number of growers who are looking at this option. So what you can do is, you if say take the 200 acre uh, farmer, that farmer could just decide to take 40 or 50 acres, uh, a block of land and put it into the organic farming scheme and go partially organic. Now, the only thing that that farmer must do differently on that land is they can't grow the same species of crop on that 40 or 50 acre block as they do on the under, under 150 acres. So if I'm growing spring barley and winter wheat and winter oats on part of my farm, uh, I can't grow those three crops on the piece I put in organic. So that's, other than that, you know, that's, that's not a huge problem or issue for a lot of farmers, I would say. They can think around that cleverly, you know, and, and put in a specific rotation on the organic part of their farm. So I actually, I see it as another crop option. You know, um, I really do uh, for the larger farmer. You don't have to go completely organic, but just, you know, it's it's definitely a, a, a very viable alternative, I would say. Well, thanks, Martin, for, for all of that. And for one final question to you in terms of how does a farmer get a little bit more information about what's required to, to change over from conventional to organic? So what I would say is, uh, well, first of all, Chagas has taken on now six contract or six, I should say, uh, full time. Uh, they're the first point of contact. They're full time advisors now at Organic. OK, so there's six organic advisors. There's the three specialists, myself and my colleagues, uh, Elaine Levy and Joe Keller. So Chagas is very well equipped now going forward. You've also obviously got the Consultants Association. And then what I would say is the two organic uh, certification bodies are an excellent first stop to ask for advice and they'll guide you through the process of conversion. And it's quite simple, really. You just fill out a document. It's a prepared document they'll have for you, whichever organic body you go to. And you just, you know, you state the type of farming you've been doing until now, your, your crops, your rotations, and then what you propose to do going forward. It's, it's a very straightforward process. Someone then from the certification body will come out, inspect you, and then certify you. And away you go. It's that straightforward. So I'd say, you know, first, Point of contact one of the Chagas uh, organic advisors or else straight to certification bodies, and uh, they're extremely helpful, very professional, and they'll set you on your way. Okay, perfect, Martin. Listen, thanks very much for 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 all of that. There's certainly 
lots to think about certainly when we go back and think about the uh, the, the margins from both systems and uh, we might come back again to you and and chat a little bit more about constructing rotations and and uh, some of that fertility uh, building uh, through, through the system so martin thanks again thanks michael so that's it for this week and my thanks to martin for joining me on the podcast just a couple of areas i want to mention before i sign off for today in order to understand the aspects of the podcast which are most appealing and beneficial to you I would greatly appreciate if you could take three to four minutes to complete a survey. The details of this are in the podcast notes. Finally, don't forget if you enjoyed the podcast and recommend it to a friend or colleague. And as always, rate, review and follow on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more information, go to chagas.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week with more Tillage news and advice.